Welcome to the Destiny Church Tees Valley podcast. As you listen, it is our prayer that you are transformed by audacious faith, inspiring hope, and extravagant love. God is wanting to bring this nation into a new season. We're believing for that, aren't we? Yes? And, um, and we know that the answer to our world situation is the church. God has given the church to be the vehicle through whom he works. And, uh, and so, um, so uh, even though we look at a lot of things that are happening and, and as a nation and many nations around the world, that there are um, lots of things that, uh, that are, that are, that, uh, uh, you know, we see going wrong and some of the things that I'm going to talk about today is for you to realize that the church is God's answer. And, and like John said earlier, it's when we pray because God has chosen that vehicle of us spending time in his presence, not just alone, but together as a community of his people, his family. God, God wants a family and it's in his family and he wants his family to grow. He wants his family to be healthy. Yes, and so that's so important to us. So as we pray, we will, uh, as a church, we will see God do miracles. Now, that doesn't mean to say that when we see miracles, often prior to a miracle, you see things can often go pear-shaped. There's often difficulties, there's often disasters, there's often all sorts of things as the enemy tries to thwart what God is doing. But I want to say to you, he cannot thwart it. But he will try, he will make, he's trying to get you to be despondent and be discouraged and to doubt what he has said. But God is in the business of always doing what he has said he will do. And, uh, and so we are believing for that. We know that one day all of this that we see will come to an end. Yes? And, uh, and so that is something that we actually, we know how things finish. And so that's important for us, Yeah? But it's exciting what God is doing in this nation uh, through uh, Thy Kingdom Come. It's a great initiative, and, um, and I just believe it is something that will, um, will build in momentum. Uh, what would be really great is what, what John said, is that it doesn't just build up in momentum from this year and then we wait a year. But wouldn't it be great if actually there's such a stirring in the nation and that as each church takes on board what has been happening, that it actually mushrooms and we see a breakthrough in our nation of what God wants to do. Wouldn't that be exciting? Amen. So the thing is, is what we've looked at a little bit of why, and certainly last week I looked at why the, the world is in the state is in. So what is, what is, why is the, the, the world in the state is in? Can you remember what I spoke about last week? Sin. Absolutely. That's the reason the reason that we're in the, the mess that we're in, aren't we? Yes, because it all started with... <laughs> oh, guy. I had to apologize last week, but anyway. Um, but but it, it all started with Adam and Eve. But the thing is, is it wasn't just their sin. We've all sinned. And so that was what's the cause. So we looked at the cause last week. And so this week, I want to look at a little quickly the results of it. What are the consequences of our sin? 
And we've all sinned. We've all blown it. We've all caused the problems in the world. We might not have caused every single problem. Some people you think might have caused a lot, <laughs> a lot of them. But, uh, but, but, but it's together. We all have done that. So there's, there's, there's issues in our life. There's hurts. You have hurts because of other people's sins. And they have hurts because of your sin. And, and we have all sorts of, you know, we get into bad habits, don't we? Um, and uh, we have hang-ups and all sorts of uh, issues in our life. So we understand, uh, well, you know, why it, it happened. So this week, the, 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 the cause of it. And I think the cause is quite simply this, is we live in a broken world. We live in a broken world because of our sin. That's the result of it. That world is damaged. It is being destroyed. It is decaying. It is uh, being spoiled. It is injured. It is corrupt. It is the world in which we live. And so I just want to look quickly at five dimensions of the damage that has been caused by our sin. And the first thing is natural disasters and deformities. That's why, because of sin, there are hurricanes, there are typhoons, there are tidal waves, there's droughts, there's earthquakes, all those kind of things is because the world is broken. In fact, one of the things that I found fascinating is often when people say, but this, this here was it's just an act of nature, and it's amazing when uh, some of the scientists and researchers have looked and have been able to look back to actually a decision that someone made that actually enabled a sequence of events to happen that actually ended up causing that, that problem. Um, and so I've seen that so many times that maybe uh, that they diverted a river and, um, and the river was diverted and so it never went where it should have gone and as a result it ended up flooding a plain. There's all sorts of things that happen and it's because of our sin. But the world is, is broken as a result of that. Romans chapter 8 and verse 20 declares this to us. Paul says this, creation was condemned to lose its purpose. So creation has lost its way in life. Creation is groaning, or as the uh, contemporary English visions, version says, creation is confused. Um, and if you read other different translations, bring out the nuances of that, that that's the reason that babies are born with defects. It's because of sin in the world. All the environmental problems that we have are because of sin in the world. You see, the reason for that is when God created the world, he created it perfect. <coughs> there was no sin. There was no pollution. There was no earthquakes. There was no tidal waves. There was none of all the, 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 the natural disasters and deformities. They were perfect. Adam and Eve were perfect. Yes, they were stunningly perfect. Yes. And so, but it was sin that brought in the problems as a result of that. So all physical problems on this planet are the result <coughs> of sin. My, my throat just keeps tickling. <coughs> Excuse me. There we go. I'll probably knock into that now, knowing me. <clears throat> Secondly, physical decay and death is a result of our sin. 
2 Corinthians 4 and verse 16 says, Our physical body is becoming older and weaker. I don't know if you've noticed, but there are no, no perfect bodies around. Yes? Unless, of course, they've been etched with kind of some program and made to kind of tweak here and tweak there. I don't know if you've seen some of these things, how they change someone phenomenally by just kind of changing a lot of their features and a tweak here and a tweak there. But in the reality of the world, outside of modeling and magazines, um, that, uh, that, that we are not perfect. Some of us have furniture problems. Our chest has dropped into our drawers. <laughs> but there are physical problems as a result of that. <clears throat> in physics, we have the law of entropy. In other words, that law is that everything is decaying. All matter is degrading and all energy is dispersing. That's important to understand that this is a law of physics. Yes, it's the third law of thermodynamics. The problem is evolutionists deny this law. Because to be an evolutionist, you say that the world is getting better, that it's the stronger that survive and that you're getting better. But that's a load of rubbish because actually the world is decaying, the world is destroying itself, it's not getting better. And so it contradicts it. This world is winding down. It's, 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 it's running out of steam. And, uh, and so we know, as Christians, we know that the end... And we have a hope. We have a future. But for those who have no hope in Jesus, this is all that they've got. That's why you can end up spending your whole life trying to save the environment. Now, I'm all for looking after our planet. <coughs> Another one. <coughs> okay. And so it's important to us that 1 Corinthians 15 verse 22 says, Everyone dies because all of us are related to Adam, the first man. <laughs> there again. In other words, every one of us are tainted by sin. I talked about it the other week, we have the nature to sin. And so because of that, we have a tendency, but we also know that we're nurtured in sin. We have enough examples around us uh, to help us understand that. Romans 8.21 says, All creation <coughs> anticipates the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. The third thing that our sin does is it causes emotional distress and disappointment. Why do we get stressed out? Why do we get disappointed? It's because of sin in our life, because we live in an imperfect world. Yes, so I get disappointed with other people, people get disappointed with me. There's a disappointments that come out. Yesterday, um, <clears throat> I was at a wedding uh, down in Grimsby. Now, I'd say to you, like all weddings, there's an awful lot of preparation goes into weddings. Sometimes years of preparation. I know people that live together but won't get married because of all that they want for their wedding. 
They want to be able to afford this and afford that and afford the other because they're looking for this picturesque wedding. I want to say to you that living in a perfect world, that (coughs) (coughs) however much you put into your wedding day, if you don't invest into your marriage, the day is a waste of time. Statistics show us that the percentage of people that get divorced when they get married is so phenomenal. Now, there are some things that can help you so that you can reduce the risk of that, as it were. In other words, I tell you that one of the best things you can do is come to church. <laughs> well, the scripture does say that if you get married, you will have trouble in this world. That's why I'm always amazed when people get married and they come and say, oh, my marriage, I'm having trouble in my marriage. And I think, well, it's scriptural. It is scriptural. And, and so you can, you've got to expect it. So if you don't want trouble in your marriage, don't, like you say, don't get married. But if, what I'm saying is, is that pe- people put as much effort into <coughs> their relationships and marriage preparation than they do into their wedding day. I want to say to you, things would be a lot more different. And if people followed the things of God, it, it, it really is a fact that there are some principles that you can do that can help. But at the end of the day, we're living in a broken world. You have two sinners that come together and there's going to be a clash, there's going to be problems. So we live with emotional distress and disappointment. I mean, in another word, have you ever been disappointed about a holiday? You've, you've, you've wanted to go to the Lake District or whatever it might be, or Paris or somewhere, and you've got, the, and you've got all this, you think this is going to be wonderful, and you're disappointed. Well, I want to say to you, Job had similar thinking. He said this in chapter 6 and verse 20. He said, they are distressed because they had been confident. They arrived there only to be disappointed. Now, I don't know where there was. Might have been Blackpool. Might have been Scarborough. I don't know where... But what I'm saying is, Job, Job knew, in other words, we, we plan somewhere, we decide to go somewhere, but when we get there, we're disappointed. Whatever that there is for you, it might be there in a career, it might be there in a family, it might be there in acquiring something, it might be there in financial status, it might be there in terms of, of, uh, of, of, uh, of fame, uh, it might, whatever it might be, where is the there, I want to say to you, you will be disappointed. Because it's a world we live in full of disappointment. Yes? And so I believe we need to teach our kids to live and to understand and to, and to learn to, to cope with disappointment. It's part of parenting because they are going to be disappointed because nobody is good at everything. Nobody. Yes? I watched um, a program with my hero, Bear Grylls, and, uh, and he was taking Joshua... Anthony Joshua, Joshua Anthony, Anthony Joshua. Um, you know, world champion, boxing champion, got, you know, beats everybody. Um, and so he was going on a, a, a climbing expedition with, with Bear Grylls. Now, the thing was is that in the ring, Anthony is king. But in the wild of rock climbing, Bear Grylls is king. Do, do you know what I mean? So in other words, it's, it's the domain you're in so his physique was not suitable to, to go up slenderly up these, up, you know. 
Now, he showed great courage. He was, he was amazing. But what I'm saying to you is, is we are going to fail at things in life. We're going to get disappointed. We're going to get discouraged. We're going we're to get stressed out. And so all because of the world that we leave, live in it. Romans 7, Paul says this in verse 18. I realize I don't have what it takes. I can will it, but I can't do it. How many times have we done that? We wanted to do something. And so it's important that we have a sane estimation of ourselves. Fourthly, uh, a result of sin is relational distance and discord. When Adam and Eve sinned, it not only alienated them from God, it alienated them from each other. From that day on, there was problems in their relationship. From that day on, they wore clothes. They were aware of their nakedness. They were aware of sin in their life. And every single marriage conflict is based on sin. That's the reason we have conflict is because we are disagreeing. You can't just have a disagree without there being some pride in there, without there being some sin involved in it, yes? And so we all understand that. So we, we must learn in our marriages, we must learn in our relationships to be mature and to learn to be unselfish, yes? So in other words, when people say they are incompatible, what they're really saying is, I'm immature. It's my immaturity, it's the sin in my life that says I'm not going to, to carry on uh, with that. You see, when Adam and Eve were in the world, there was no bad memories, there was no past relationships to kind of compare things with, there was no kids to worry about, there was none of all these issues, and yet they still chose to do their own thing and to sin. And it's their sin that ruins everything for us. It brings fear. It brings distrust. It brings shame. And it all enters our life as a result of that. Genesis 3 and verse 7 says, They suddenly felt shame at their nakedness, so they strung fig leaves together to cover themselves. And men and women have been covering up ever since. And I'm not talking about just clothes. I'm talking about we cover up from each other the things that are in our hearts or in our lives. We end up trying to cover things up. We don't want people to see it and we hide. And just as Adam and Eve hid from God, so we do the same and we hide from each other. We try, we put masks on, we pretend things are okay. I want to say to you, things are not okay and it's time we accepted that and acknowledged it and said, God, I am a sinner. I acknowledge I've blown it. I acknowledge that I... I, I do things and, I, and, and the things in my life are as a result of those things. So it's important to that, that, that we understand those things in our life. Let me ask you a question. What is your fig leaf? What is your fig leaf? What is it that you're trying to hide? Sin makes us defensive, sin makes us demanding, sin makes us distant. Adam hid and blamed Eve, and we all do the same. Yeah? Cat's not here, so I can't. But if she was. Fifthly, a result of spiritual, a, a result of sin is spiritual discontent and darkness. 
sin leaves a hole in your heart that nothing but God can fill. Pascal called it the God-shaped hole. We try to fill it with all sorts of things, with pleasures, with pastimes, with people, uh, with all sorts of things. We try to fill it with fame, with fashion, with food, lots of food, fun, family, finances, hobbies, sports, work, you name it. We try to fill the void in our life with all sorts of things. The only person that can fill that emptiness in your life and my life is the Lord Jesus Christ. We were made by God and for God. <coughs> Job said this in chapter 6 and verse 18. I am like a caravan, lost in the desert, searching for water. That was Job's experience because he was longing for God in his life. Without God, you and I are thirsty, we're hungry, we're unsatisfied, we're unfulfilled, we are empty. And only God, who is the source of life, can fill our life to overflowing. And that's why there's darkness, spiritual darkness in the world, because only God brings life. God is light. God lives in light. Scripture said God lives in light inaccessible. And, and, and we know from the Old Testament, particularly that, that God is, that lives in such light that we could never actually look upon him. Um, it is, it is, he is so glorious and so wonderful. Ephesians 4 says they've refused for so long to deal with God that they've lost touch not only with God, but with reality itself. So we live in a broken planet that has natural disasters and deformities, physical death and decay and disease, emotional distress and disappointment, relational distance and discord, spiritual discontent and darkness. No wonder there is an epidemic of depression in our world. When you look around, there's enough to be depressed about, isn't there? Yes? And I want to say that I would be depressed if that was the end of the story. But that's not the end of the story. That's just the result of sin. But there is a reason that God has not just folded everything in and closed everything in. He's done it because he wants a family, because he wants us to know what it is to live in him. The way we respond to this should be as Jeremiah did. Jeremiah wrote two books. He wrote the book called Jeremiah, and he wrote the book called Lamentations, which is a book all of lamentations, yes, of, uh, of pouring out uh, his heart and, uh, and, and the things that he lamented in his life. And this is what he writes. He says, I cannot find peace or remember happiness. Thinking of my troubles and my lonely wandering makes me miserable. That's all I ever think about, and I am depressed. Then I remember something that fills me with hope. The Lord's kindness never fails. If he had not been merciful, we would have been destroyed. The Lord can always be trusted to show mercy each morning. So deep in my heart, I say, Lord, you are all that I need. I can depend on you. The antidote to depression, the antidote for the, for the issues in your life is to trust in Jesus. If you'll trust in him, I can assure you he will give you hope. 
Because in God there is always hope. He is the God of hope. He is the God who is hope. He embodies hope in himself. And if only we will learn to trust him and turn to him, that would change our life forever. It would change your, your perspective. It would change your perspective about people. It would change your perspective about life. It would change your perspective about the world and eternity. So although we're living in a world of decay, although we're living in a world of, of all sorts of deformities, although we're living in a world of disease and death, although we're living in a world of all these catastrophes, we can in the midst of that know that there is hope because we have a God who we can trust in because he has decided that there is a future for us. If only we will trust him, that's the key. If we will trust him, there is hope and there is a future for each of us today. And we have a glimpse of that. And that's why often we pray for one another because we can see a glimpse of what is to come. But whatever we do, if we are healed in this life um, uh, and if we are, God blesses us financially and if we have all sorts of relationships, it doesn't matter how good it gets in this life, it's never going to be perfect. And all the things that God does for us in this life are really a glimpse of what he has for us in the future. They're all about leading us to understand his love and to understand his purpose and to understand that he has a plan for our lives. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You see, the reason God lets it still happen is because he wants you to have a choice. He could end it today. But he said, no, there are some people I want to choose me today. And maybe you're here today and you need to choose Jesus. If you choose him today, that's why he's not put a stop on the world. That's why it's still spinning. That's why it's still going. Because he wants you to choose him today. Will you choose him? Maybe you're choosing for the first time. Maybe you're choosing for the, for the hundredth time. But today, will you choose him? Will you choose him? Because it's in the choosing of him that will transform your life and transform your perspective in doing that. He's kept it going because he, un he wants us to understand that we need a savior. We need someone to save us from the world that we're in. Ecclesiastes 3 says, God allows people to continue in their sinful ways so he can test them. That way they can see for themselves that they are no better than animals. Romans 7 says, when I want to do good, I don't. And when I try not to do wrong, I do it anyway. I want to say to you, God would not have wasted his time, his energy, his resources of heaven by sending a savior if he didn't think we needed a savior. And you and I know when we look at our world and we look at our own lives that we need a savior. We need his grace. We need his love. And I believe it's important for us today to remember that this place that we live in is temporary. You must always remember that, that where this world that we live in, the house you live in, the car you drive, everything that you have is temporary. It's all going to end one day. But if you choose him today, you're choosing eternity with him. And it's a choice we all get. It's a choice we have, and that's why we're doing this Thy Kingdom Come, praying for five people, because we want five people in our world to know that in all the distress, in all the disappointment, in all the discouragement, in all the debt, and all the problems of life, that there is hope, there is a Savior, there is someone that if they choose today, 
will transform their, li their life forever. We'll give them something worth living for. There is nothing greater. And I, I ask you today, maybe, would you choose Jesus today? Would you choose him? If you would, take the communication card that's in the container in front of you and, um, and just put today, if you, you know, just put on there. You don't have to put anything, anything other than I choose you today. I trust you today. I hope because of you today. Yes, Heavenly Father, I thank you for all that you are doing amongst us today. We thank you, Lord, for your salvation and for your power that works within us today. I do pray, Lord, that you would help us as we come around the communion table, that we would focus on you and realize, Lord, what you have done. That in the place of decay, you have made, you are making a place for us. You are making a new heaven and a new earth in which we can live uh, perfect lives. We thank you, Lord, that you have made a way when there was no way and that, that you were the only one that could do it. So I pray, Lord, now as we spend time around uh, the communion table, help us, Lord, to focus on you and to give you thanks, to give you praise, to give you worship, to give you honor for who you are in our life. I pray today, Lord, that you would help everyone that has chosen to follow you, chosen to trust you today, that as they take this, Lord, that there would be like new breath breathing into them, that today they would feel your Holy Spirit, Lord, filling them, uh, filling them to over overwhelming, filling their, their lungs with, with new life, I pray today, that you would do that in the name of Jesus. If you would like to know more, please visit us at www.thedestinychurch.co.uk. 